0: Good afternoon and welcome everybody. This would be the Jeff Cameron Show right here on 93.3 Real Talk Radio and Orchard TV. Great to be with you. Hope you're doing tremendously well. Good Monday. Hope your weekend was awesome. Appreciate you being here with us. I'm Jeff. That's Tom. Director Matthew in the house. On Twitter it's at Show. Do not forget to like and subscribe. All right. So it is It is hard to imagine uh, at this point, but it, but it's true. Uh, Florida State has cemented a winning season for the first time in a long time. 2017. 2017, the last winning season. By the way, the other thing Florida State's done is guaranteed a winning record in conference, and that's the first time they've done that winning record in conference since 2016. Now, when you say that out loud, it's upsetting because you think, well, that's what the hell? How did we ever find ourselves in this state of ill repute where we're out here just losing records in the middling-ass ACC for a long time? Haven't had a winning one since 2016. But we do now. Both those check marks are there. Florida State will have a winning season, and they will go to a bowl. We already knew that. And now you're sitting here thinking about Florida. You're not thinking about Louisiana. That game will be played Saturday, and we will cover it, and we'll have a pregame show and all of that, but you're thinking about the Florida game because they're starting to play well, and we're playing really well, and there will be a buzz in the air for that football game, and that's exciting. That's good. I know Ira mentioned it in his 3-2-1 about how he and Corey were talking about that, and Corey was happy that Florida's playing well because he wants there to be a buzz. Now, most of us would never say they're happy Florida's playing well Uh, At any point, just like I'm never happy if Miami's playing well. I don't care about the rivalry so much as to want them to play well. But it is true that when both teams are playing well, there is something extra in the air. You feel it. There's an energy. Days in advance, maybe even more than a week out, because there's something to lose. You're wrestling for control and power. We had our little power discussion a couple weeks ago. And how we were able to summarily dismiss Miami in a way that... uh, just pff, pff, get the hell up out of here! You're not, you're nothing. They were pests. Florida won't be that easy, and it's an important game. It's an important game. We look back on this game in the interim, obviously, and Florida State uh, dominated like they have been dominating since they came out of the break. Uh, this has been. Uh, a run that, you know, if you if you go back to after we lost to Clemson, I said, well, everything we're going to want to know about this team, this coaching staff, these players, we're going to find out in these five games. And Florida State is resoundingly answering the questions and the doubts and all of those things in a fashion that, uh, while I thought they could go 5-0 and in those five games, I didn't think it would look like this. I didn't think it would look this one-sided. I thought they were on the cusp of being a pretty good football team they're a very good football team. I think they are. I think they're a problem for a lot of teams right now. Just the way they're playing, their health, the confidence that they play with at key positions. The coaching staff is on a real roll, has their finger on the pulse of this team. I've talked a lot for several weeks in a row about Mike Norvell and Alex Atkins really putting together very good game plans every week. It's just, you never worry about it anymore. You just go into games knowing that the game plan will be there. It's always now about whether or not they'll execute the game plan. And if they do, they have a chance to really win and win big, apparently. Um, and, and, you know, I mean, you're going to get another big win on Saturday, this upcoming Saturday. So I don't remember the last time we had four straight rocking chair games. I mean, think about that. Four straight rocking chair games. It, you have to go back to 2013. Um, it's been a, It's been a long time since Florida State had reached the level of excellence that in conference – well, this next game's not in conference, but you know what I'm going with in conference that they could just waylay people, they just just treat them uh, dismissively, as I'm, I'm alluding to, uh, because they, they don't belong on the same field. Like Syracuse really never had a chance in that game, and you could tell early on, you're like that this ain't going to work. And they had Trader. Now he's not what he was. Um, I think he's playing hurt, obviously, but they they were overwhelmed on both sides of the ball. You never really felt like Syracuse was in this game. Much the way you didn't feel like Miami was in the game. Much the way you didn't feel like Georgia Tech was in the game. But, you know, we go on and on right now. The team is just playing so well, so focused. And and I think that's another part of this that makes them very lovable. Because you get a road win against your arch rival in grandiose fashion. Do you lose concentration? Do you lose focus? No. If anything, you looked even more determined. You looked even more buttoned up. Like you knew. No letdowns. Let's go. We're still ascending. We're still reaching for something bigger and better. And that is a really likable trait. Not every team, not even, not every good team has that trait. You know, you've seen good teams. I mean, we all watched 2014. Uh, We've seen really good teams just kind of play to their competition, maybe get bored, come off a big win, kind of sleepwalk through the next game, win the game, but they don't look too impressive. Florida State seems to be eager to prove more and more and more from one week to the next. They seem determined to reach whatever this elusive ceiling is, right? Like they're trying to get to this other place. And he keeps pushing them, knowing there's more in there. And that's cool. That's fun to watch. I th- I think this season, in a lot of ways, has rekindled some of, uh, some of this fan base's love for college football. Like, college football Saturdays are fun. Again, the product's been really good. You and I have noted that. The product's been really good this year. But I... Don't think it's a coincidence that we're a little bit more in tune with the entire product because our Saturdays are exciting. We look forward to game day. We look forward to watching this team play. And then I think that bleeds over into the sport in general, like you, you when you're part of it, when you're part of the narrative, when you matter in the big picture. It's like every year when the NCAA tournament, basketball tournament happens, if Florida State is part of that, you're even more excited about the rest of the tournament. You're paying attention to the other teams. You want to know where you fit in that puzzle. Unfortunately, this year, I don't think we're going to get that opportunity. The basketball team's terrible. Now, that's we're not going to get sidetracked. Back to us. I think that you look at the whole of college football right now because your eyes are telling you that Florida State's good. You're looking at that team, and you go, you know what? They're not good, like, for us. They're not good... You know, in the ACC. They're good. Period. They're good. They're a good football team. And now you're kind of like, well, how good? You don't always get to answer that question, and that's always going to be a point of contention, I think, amongst fans. Some people think uh, that if Florida State, as they're playing currently, uh, is the top five team. Well, I don't know that I would go there. I might argue that they're a top 15 team, as they're playing currently. Some of you might say, eh, I wouldn't say top five, Jeff, but top ten. I could argue top ten. That's fine. Think about what we're talking about. Think about the conversation we're having and how cool that is. We're arguing about whether or not Florida State's a top five, top ten, or top 15 team. Far cry from where we've been. And we matter. We're only getting better. The articles written throughout the country about college football as a whole Tend to mention us these days. Hey, by the way, take a look over there. The Florida State team's not somebody you want to play right now. I wonder what bowl they're going to go to. How far can they climb? Can they get to 10 wins with a bowl win? Well, obviously, you got to win your next two to get there, but it's, uh, it's within the realm of possibility. I began thinking last night to some degree, Tom, like, what if we play Bama on a bowl? Wouldn't that be cool?
1: It would be cool, and it wouldn't be determined before the kickoff. Correct. Like it would have been each of the last five, six, maybe seven seasons. Yeah.
0: Right? I mean, you're starting to think to yourself, like, well, would we hang with Bama? Yeah. Yeah, we would. <laughs> yeah, we would. Say that out loud. I think it's hard for a lot of people to wrap their minds around that idea, but I, I think we would, without question. And, you know, I, I don't know if we'd get a ton of stops, but I don't think they'd do a whole lot of stopping us right now.
1: Yeah, because of the, the variety of what we can do offensively. That would be a game where you would look at Jordan Travis and say, All right, over three bills. That's what we need for you yeah. or from you. And you could count on that. And then there are other opponents that have decent secondary player like Syracuse just lay everybody back in coverage and, cover it yeah, and you say run on them. All right, underneath throws and runs. Can we do that? Absolutely we can. You look at the offensive line metrics in the conference and they put that graphic up on Saturday night where they said, you know, it's number one in yards per carry total yardage per game, and then the fewest sacks allowed in the conference, one, two, and three. Yeah. Yeah. That is unbelievable. And that word is overused, but that is literally unbelievable from where we were in the preseason to where we are now. Full marks across the board to everybody involved that makes that happen, and it's largely on the players who
0: decided to get better and listen to Alex Atkins and develop. They've gotten better, and they're going to keep getting better because there's more talent behind the starting group that's going to emerge, and they've been allowed to develop and get stronger and learn and get better because the group in front of them has played so well that we haven't had to supplant them. So that's really good, and, and we'll remember them fondly because of it. You know, We're always going to look back on the guys that bought in and decided, yeah, I'll go there. I'll go there. I'll take a leap of faith. I think they're moving in the right direction. I think those are good coaches. I think they can make me better. I think I can arrive at my goals if I go there and take my – that's awesome. That's awesome. And we'll be forever appreciative. Much the same way uh, we were talking about Jermaine Johnson and Keir Thomas last year. Like, thanks, guys. Thanks for – you know, you could have gone anywhere you wanted to go. But they bought into what Mike Norvell was telling them about bettering themselves, becoming leaders teaching the others how to work day-to-day in practice throughout the year. And they went on, and, you know, we root for those guys. We, we root for those guys to do well because they bought in at a time when it wasn't easy to buy into FSU. Oh,
1: when they got here, the boulder wasn't moving. It was, it was completely stopped. And they got that thing rolling. It's just very slowly, but it was moving. And now this year, look at that thing. It's rolling down the hill. Mm-hmm. Here we go.
0: <laughs> cool. Yeah, well, it gets you to a place where you start talking, like I was just doing. You start thinking about the cool bowl matchups and, and what kind of test do you want. You know, I, on the one hand, I'd like to win 10 games again. You know, I, I, so, you know, if you want to you give us some pushover and get an easy 10th win, I, I'm down with the 10th win. But on the other hand, i just like to see this group continue to be tested and work hard. I think they'll be focused, too. I don't know how many—the problem with bowl games— anymore is you don't know who's going to play. So, you know, it used to be that, you know, your team was going to play that team and those two teams would look like they currently look. <laughs> so you knew that, right? Now you don't know that. Now you're like, well, may not have this guy, this guy, this guy and this guy and they may not, you know, so you don't you just don't know. It's hard to project, but I do kind of feel like and and, and they'll get a real test. I, that that Florida team's tough. I, I, they're not a bad team. They're playing well right now. When you watch them execute, you look at them, they're playing pretty well.
1: Yeah, and you could see it in the Georgia game. I, I alluded to this after that weekend where in the second half there was that mini moment where he said, oh,
0: well, this uh, is not a dead
1: issue just yet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Napier was calling strange things. There was a one-third down and long where he calls a run up the middle. And I'm yeah. like, what the hell? Are you conceding the game? And it's also he's calling that for the larger message to be sent that we need to be physical. And that's the, what Florida will bring to the table, offensively speaking, is they'll be the most physical offense we'll have seen in some time uh, since that three-game stretch, and maybe more physical than those teams. They're not explosive at wide receiver, but they've no. got a quarterback who can make plays. Now the question is, on the other side, is the disparity in their defense and our offense greater than the disparity when our defense takes the field and plays Richardson and the Napier offense? I think the answer to that is yes, but that doesn't mean – that Florida can't hang in that game and Florida can't present problems for us. And this is why I like the schedule the way it's set up these days, where you have more, something closer to a pushover in between this past weekend and the Florida game. Because Thanksgiving week usually robs us of a day or two of coverage where you really can focus on this rivalry game. I feel like it doesn't usually get its due, and especially now with the shortened week that that game's played on Friday. But now, the way the schedule
0: lays out, it's Florida week four. Seven or eight business days. I was going to say it's it's Florida week starting today. <laughs> it's like there's no, you know. Now look, if this Louisiana team was the Louisiana team of a year ago,
1: oh, a hundred percent, you couldn't say that. You no, know,
0: you'd have to lock it in, but they're not, and they haven't been all year long. And so this is a a game. Obviously, Florida State should take care of business, and you know, I, I Florida's got a bandy team that did just win an SEC game for the first time since 2019. So that's rather remarkable. Um, but I, I don't think it's enough for them to suddenly be brimming with confidence and give Florida a scare. So yeah, these two teams will kind of go through the obligatory uh week before and, and get their win and and then we'll go from there. But uh lots of things to prattle on about today in uh in light of yet another blowout victory for Florida State over Syracuse. It was um it's something to watch Trey Benson every week. You know, we're, we're watching a star. We're watching a guy become a star. And um, that's pretty cool. He runs now with not just, you know, not just speed, but a ton of power, a whole lot of confidence. He's, he's got the right kind of patience instead of that version of him early in the season where you're like, you got to go, man. You got to go. It's the nice mix right now. Uh, sometimes it looks like he's shot out of a cannon when he gets the edge. Other times you see him patiently waiting for that play to develop, especially counter. Does a real good job of letting that unfold, and this offensive line is just dominating people. And I don't remember the last time I could say that. I I don't even know. D- did I even say that in 2013? Um, probably. I mean, I probably. probably so. Yeah, probably against certain teams, we we, we would have but called for domination. We remarked
1: often that season that you had no margin for error. You know, you need yeah. to get, get lucky there health wise. Yeah, we they did were get lucky, extremely yeah. thin on the offensive line. This group has proven, in a way, to be deeper than that group because they've already lost a couple yeah, of key pieces yeah. and, and were without some of their players for portions of this season. And they just keep on rolling. It's fantastic.
0: Mm, just let that just just let that marinate for a second, everybody. Just just ass-kickings every Saturday. You're like Oh, it's like the olden days, Tommy. I remember coming in here watching these ass-kickings on the regular. It was glorious. Never got tired of them. People used to say, four-state fans are spoiled. No, no, no. We recognize that it wasn't normal to be so great. It's just who we were. I'd like to get back to that. I'd like to be accused of being spoiled. It's Jeff Cameron, show 93.3 Real Talk Radio, War Chant TV. he writes, this is for T. Lang. Hope you're feeling better. Scale of 1 to 100. How big is that LSU game in September? Yeah. it. Uh, you know, I, I, I'm excited to get that opportunity to play them again next year. Obviously, it'll be a lot of fun as that program has risen, and uh, we have as well. Uh, Colby, awesome to be a part. Uh, awesome to be at the game Saturday, beat down in every sense of the game Jimbo isn't going bowling. Great weekend. How how worried are you about Alex Atkins leaving? Let's uh, back the Brink truck up. Thanks for everything, guys. Thanks, Colby. Appreciate that a lot. Woo! Well, I I, I I think it's a matter of time. Um, Alex will get poached. He will be a head coach uh, somewhere else, uh, obviously. And um, you know that's what happens when you when you hire good coaches and you start winning games, people. Come and look at your coaches, and want to know why you're winning, and they identify guys that are you know partly um, responsible for that. So I I do think though he'll be back next year. So just ride the wave right now and enjoy. Unless there's an offer in the wings that we don't know about that is bigger than Charlotte. Uh, If that's the case, then I think he'll you know then then maybe we'll be surprised together. But as of right now, if it's just the Charlotte job that we're worried about Alex Atkins uh, being offered, uh, I think he would stay here. And not take that job. I don't know. You know, I I do know that when it comes to assistant coaches, if their dream has always to have been a head coach. Like if they got into the business with the idea that someday I'm going to have a team and I'm going to be the head coach and I'm going to run it the way I want to run it. I've got ideas about that. I'm yearning to do it. Some of these guys, they'll take the first head coaching job they're ever offered because they believe in their methodologies. They believe in their ability to turn whatever hurting program around that offered them the job. Others take a little step back, realize it's the right job that you got to take. Because if you take just any job, see Walt Bell, UMass, and you don't have resources and you don't have opportunities to win games, you soil your reputation. As good as it is now, it quickly regresses into uh, an ugly area of, oh, my God, did you see that stint he had as a coach where they won two games in two years? You know, that can happen quickly if you take the wrong job. Some guys know... Listen, I'm ascending, I'm relatively young, I'm well-paid here, I've got a good gig, we got good players coming back next year, another good season, and I probably have my pick of the litter. Right, and what
1: more is there to accomplish? Well, there's a ton to accomplish here at Florida State. You know, in, in certain positions, like let's just say that you were Nick Saban's defensive coordinator and Kirby Smart was for a long, long time, what more was there to accomplish at Alabama for Kirby? There, there, was, there was nothing no, more. no. In a way, the same thing for Brent Venables last year when he took the OU job.
0: Well, hell, he'd been in that way for a long time. He'd been correct. on for all kinds that's, of jobs. I was like, come on, man. That's
1: what I'm saying. And, and if you aspire to be a head coach, yeah. then the other thing is you want to take the right job because you want to stay a head coach. Because if you get one crack at it and it's awful, you may never be a head coach again. Mm-hmm. And you might just that's be relegated to position coach or coordinator for the rest of your career. So that's why you got to be judicious. The one thing I'd say, too, to the Z-chan part you know, the Duquesne game served a purpose, too. That mattered to play in Week 0. Yeah, I, I thought that was more valuable than even a scrimmage because even though the talent you're going against is worse, markedly worse, you're going through the emotions of a game day, you understand what it feels like to play in front of a crowd together, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and they look fresh out the gate against LSU. So I feel like every game this season has had a real purpose to it. Even in the NC State second half, which taught us a hard lesson, I'm not sure you're you're as mature to go on the road to Syracuse and without, handle business. Yeah, without that hurt. Without that lesson. Yeah. That, hey, you, you might think you can take your foot off the gas. You never can take your foot off the gas.
0: Yeah, and, and you know, I think Mike has continued to uh, foster that mentality ever since. Uh, you know, you, you see the way that he calls games, and I wanted him to score that extra touchdown against Miami, and he did. I wanted him to score that touchdown against Syracuse the other night, and he did. That punk kid
1: after that third down.
0: Well, I laughed about that. I remember thinking, "Man, read the room. Have a clue. You've been bastardized all night long." Florida State has made the Syracuse defense their bitch all night long, and you're going to flex. Okay. Now I now I got to go for it. Now I've got to score.
1: That's some things you'd see around here. That's something that you see. It's the worst with our secondary for years. And this little downturn, because you cited it's been since 2017 since we've had an over 500 season. That's correct. In 2016, since, since we've been it. over 500 in the conference. You know, in that time between then and now, you saw a whole lot of whatever the hell that is after third and goal.
0: Yeah, and I and I hated that team. I hated um, when we were that way. Uh, you know, a guy overthrows a receiver by 40 yards and our guy's giving him the incomplete sign like he did something like that. It's just you're so focused on the wrong things at that point, and you can just you see it, and now you don't you don't see that. You saw it from Syracuse, and it was funny, and then we called a timeout and scored a touchdown, and I doubt it was because he decided, well, screw that kid. It's again fostering the mentality of oh no 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 we're gonna score here. Um, so I I just they're fun to watch because they're very physical. I think football should be played that way, very very physical. Uh, I think that. They clearly play for one another. You know, that, that is an element of football that, you know, it's, it's one of those things where we talk about, does that team do that? I think you have to cover a team or watch a lot of games before you can decide that about a team, right? But we suspected it because we do have access to practice, thankfully. <laughs> and then we watched the way that they played with each other and the way they celebrated together. It was always group. It was always group oriented. It was never individual, and when you get that too, that's special. Not every group has that. Football, college football is a transient sport. People come and go. They graduate. They move on, and it's you know, it's tough to engender that to get that. You got to have really good leaders. You got to have guys that buy in to your way of doing things, your beliefs about hard work, and building culture, and then hopefully for you, um, the positions of leadership. Uh, the natural you know, leaders, for example, anybody who plays quarterback, whether they're quiet, they're loud, something in between, doesn't really matter. They have to be a leader of some kind. Now, they have to be themselves, but they have to be a leader, and you need that guy to be able to embrace everything that you're telling him as the gospel. I mean, they've got to be able to believe in that. Like, deep down, they have to believe in that because that is the only way then that they can hold everybody else accountable. Uh, because they believe the doctrine, they believe what you're saying is true, and they see the results. Eventually you have to have results, and this is the year of results. This was the time, and you couldn't have waited another year. You could not have waited another year. That's what this season has meant. It has been so important. We said it before the year. We're saying it right now. This was the year you had to prove something. You had to prove that your way of doing things is the right way of doing things, and that this is a foundation that is sturdy, that you could build upon this, draw others in. The only way to draw others in is not to tell them what you believe, but to espouse it to those kids in the locker room, have them go out believing that, working hard, and getting results. And they got the results.
1: Well, think of where they are right now. From 0-4 last year, it's been a 12-6 and 6 run for this football program. And in each of those six losses, you're in that football game. You can win every single one of them. So there hasn't been a game since 0 and 4 where they've just been outclassed. And that's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. That's amazing. Because where we were and the relative talent that we currently have on this roster also says that you've got work to do. So what they're doing is they're building something that's greater than the sum of its parts. Sure. And we talked about this and reflected on it last week during the show and then the pre game show that we're running out of time here on the season. But I got to say, something gave me solace this morning. The last however many seasons, handful of seasons, football was over when the Florida game wrapped up. And in the COVID year, whatever our final game was that Duke, I forget. Mm. But football yeah. season was just over. That's it. Not anymore. You've got another month, bowl prep, a bowl game, and you have hope on signing day and for the transfer portal. All of these storylines bleed into December. We got so spoiled for base, basically 30 years that when the Florida game was over, there's still a lot more to go. There's oh, a lot sure. more to cover, and there, there's some more developments. Well, it hasn't been that way in a while here, and now it is again. So even though two Fridays from now, when that game is over, that's the end of the 12-game season, there's still a lot more to do.
0: Well, you you got signing day, and and it's going to be interesting there, and then you're going to have the practices leading up to whatever that bowl is. As you're saying, we're going to have – Decisions made by players. Uh, you, you know, I, I look forward to some of the transfer portal stuff, and I, I just get excited because we seem to draw people all the time. There, I see you, Steven My goodness gracious! Holy Jesus! Indeed. Uh, thanks for the contribution, good sir. He writes, FSU is in the top twenty in offense, defense, and special teams. Now we just need to get some dudes. <laughs> Jeff, Tom, how much would I need to donate to get a round of golf on the books with you guys? I live in Nashville. I like Nashville, by the way, Stephen, but would definitely make the trip down to Tally for that. It's $7,000, Stephen. It's $7,000. We've had a going rate around there. It's Jeff show on 93.3 Real Talk Radio, War Chant TV. <music> Jeff Cambridge on 93.3 Real Talk Radio, War Chant TV, if I slow it down, I can say it better. Um, I would tell you, we got in the coop tonight, right? Should be, yeah. I think so, right?
1: I will confirm it once it's fully scheduled. I saw I saw yeah. you
0: get nervous, but I, I didn't realize that maybe I... I mean, it usually happens.
1: Yeah. But sometimes, guys need treatment, or they've got well, right, study right. hall, or whatever, so that's the other thing when you're doing NIL shows.
0: Um... I'm thinking back on, you know, the start of this season and what we thought, you know, what we thought the team would be, the good and the bad and everything in between, and the things we were right about and the things we were wrong about. And, you know, I I think the the, the greatest surprise without question certainly is just how good this offensive line has been. I, I just, it's such a joy to be able to talk about that and to say it with a straight face. You know, and, and and to watch them getting better and better and better each week. Um, if you think, you know, I was watching, I watched the LSU-Arkansas game, and I'm looking at their front, and I'm watching that freshman linebacker, and I'm looking at that team, and I'm thinking, man, we handled them pretty well in that game when you think back on it. Um, really. I mean, Mike was in a real good zone for most of that game as a play caller. The game plan, once again, was very,
1: very good. Jordan knew where to go with the football he, at all times, He too. was
0: never at a loss. Um, and, and I, but, I, but I think about the, the ability to run and, and, and some of the things we did in that game, and I watch that group, and I see the way that they've gone on to have the year that they have, and I just, again, I continue to, to smile and think about how much better that group is from just a year ago. And where I think that group is going. Like, I think they're going to legitimately be, uh, at some point here in the next two years, I think they got a chance to be a pretty elite offensive line. Because think what you're infusing. Like, a fully realized, stronger, bigger version of the athlete that Armella is. And how good he's going to be. We talk about his feet. How good he's going to be. He
1: fits this scheme so well.
0: doesn't he? Doesn't he? Um, And if you get – now, listen, again, I like a lot of the young linemen. A lot of the young linemen uh, are very impressive. You can tell they're guys that are going to be very good football players. And God forbid you get, like, one more transfer portal guy in here. Let's just say some lineman sees this and is like, wow. Wow. Florida State is running the ball at will. This uh, there's there's a lot right there that to like, and they decide to come in here. I mean, you got you got to balance it right. You got to balance it because you already have a lot of guys on the roster that are like, hey, you know. But
1: you got a lot of guards.
0: So that that yeah. guy's a tackle. That guy's a tackle. We don't need yeah. another guard. We got yeah. plenty of you. We got plenty of you guards. But even
1: though you lose both your starting guards, I feel like you've got many options. Many options. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So they um, there's that. I uh you know, I, I think it's time for most of us to, as we continue to have the conversation, um, to to wonder, you know, I guess Jordan Travis is back, or, you know, what what do we think? Um, I tend to think yes, he'll be back here. You know, a lot of people ask that question every time we come on the airwaves in the chat. That's one of the first things that comes up. Because obviously replacing him would be difficult. He's a very good college quarterback. He's very comfortable in the system. He and Mike have a good rapport and um, he's become a much better decision maker, uh, and passer of the football. So, uh, I, I do think he could probably make more money here just coming back this next year. And I would be very surprised, uh, if, if he didn't, uh, to be honest with you, I think I would be pretty surprised.
1: I think that has to be at the top of the retention budget conversation. Yeah. I mean, I don't think his NFL or professional future would be hindered by one more year of coming back. I think it would only be strengthened because of the brand recognition. He's going to be in the All-ACC and year-end awards watch list conversation right out the gate. Yeah, he will. And you love when you play in a week one setting. I don't think we'll get a week zero game next year because all of our non-conference games are are set. But when you play on Sunday night of Labor Day weekend with the hype machine that that LSU-Florida State game will be now, you're off to a really good start in terms of capitalizing on your own brand and that's what kids have to think about
0: now. yeah yeah it's um the class right now is not where we want it to be and we've we've talked about that quite a bit um we, we that's the next big step to take but even if you're not going to overwhelm anybody in recruiting from uh, a high school kid standpoint tom i do think obviously we know how successful they've been in the portal so I, i'll be interested to see who else they're looking to grab And uh, we always these days—that's the way you really judge a class, right? Is what happens when you put the finishing touches on it through the portal.
1: Yeah, this is—it's a a dynamic and fluid situation until about Mm -hmm. spring ball, and sometimes not even then. Sometimes you you get—you know—a player or two after spring is concluded because their own position battles at their current institution are settled. They don't make the cut, and they say, "Where can I make the cut?" And I mean, whatever we're doing in scouting with that is excellent. I just hope that also, we have joked about this, wink, wink, nod, nod, for the bag men in the past with high school recruiting. In the portal, you teams don't wait sometimes for kids to enter the portal. They make sure that they yeah, check with yeah. whoever they need to check with. Not directly with the kid, because that would be a violation. But here's hoping we're having those conversations, like yesterday, like last week, I'm like sure. last month.
0: Yeah, You know, I... I hope we're violating every NCAA rule there is.
1: See, I don't go that far. Yeah, I, but I, 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 I know you will.
0: I hope that we are. Um, I think you're just doing your job at that point. Because um, everybody else you're competing against is. So yeah. the NCAA is sort of an afterthought these days in the sport of football, in the sport of football where guys just get paid out openly. So, you know, wh- what are we talking about here? You know, I'm pretty sure USC had a suspicion that they could go grab the Blit- Blitnikoff Award winner from Pitt. You know, before he put his name in the portal. I, I have a suspicion.
1: I tend to agree with that. However, I just always keep on the JCS PR firm cap. Sometimes you shed it, but that's why if you're the founding member and the CEO, right? You, you can do you that. You can yeah. shed the cap and just say what you want to say. Sometimes
0: Ian writes, uh, not Jimbo. He's legit. <laughs> he don't cheat, he don't lie But he does lose a lot of football games in a row uh, That is every week I played that Auburn hunch, thankfully uh, And that is just a dreadful game to watch I You, you do wonder You know, I, I know that's shot and Freud And we're winning games And I like to bring the attention back to us Specifically to us Just because when you're winning You don't need to really you know revel in others You don't have to worry about them <laughs> Well done, Matthew uh, but I'm I'm beginning to wonder. I mean, I didn't think there was any chance that A would cut him loose this year.
1: I just don't see how you how you don't cut him loose. Do you think the situation well, is going to get better?
0: They they're not in love with the idea of parting with eighty plus million dollars. But again,
1: my point is you're going to pay that to him anyway. Right. So would you Over rather time, pay it gonna, now yeah. and just be done with it? I know that means that you're going to ha- need more money up front, but I think they're good for it. It's That's a situation that's yeah. pretty – cash is ready. It's on hand. Liquidity. They have it.
0: Well, you make a good point. Is you're going to have to pay it either way. It's just over a longer period of time. And if you don't believe that he can salvage the culture and they're just going to keep on losing games because they hate him and that locker room and each other, then you might as well do it. But
1: I mean, how about that? The bizarre post from the player who says that he was suspended for wearing sleeves? I I don't. I, I, that can't be true, but, I mean, with Jimbo, it very well might
0: be true. The thing is, he wore him against Bama. So, what the hell, man? I don't know. I just know that when things went sour here and he had made a decision in his mind and had checked out and when he realized he had lost the team, I mean, we all saw the promissory notes thing and we were like, what the hell, this is crazy. But one. Yeah. Talk to me. Yeah. How do I reach these kids? Yeah. No, that was the weirdest thing ever, and it was made for TV. Show them your heart, Coach. All of it was awful. All of it, it. Yeah. But that is what desperate people do in that situation. Like, hey, why don't we Why don't we make something up? Like, I'm asking you, uh, how, do, how do I reach the kids? Come on, Showtime. Yeah, let's yeah, work let's, together. Let's, let's, it's awful. It'll make for good television. I'll play it. I'll play it all the way. The dolls! Coach, so, isn't that clutter? Yeah. Isn't that the <laughs> yeah. definition oh, of yeah, clutter? Yeah, 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 yeah. But when you see that, man, I... When you lose a locker room like that, it's almost impossible to get it back. It's crazy. It's, it's nearly impossible to do. Jeff ninety 93.3 Real Talk Radio and Warchant TV. It's always fun to uh, read a quote from your head coach. We've been dominant the last two weeks, but we can be better. That's the push. It's also cool that he noted uh, you know, just how good the defense has been, but also that the receivers did a hell of a job blocking. That's something that I ne- never gets old. It's one of the reasons that Micah Pittman is so fun to watch play football. He's a, He's a good kind of jerk. He will he will block you into the bench and talk to you about it. It's so cool to watch somebody take that much joy in blocking and and you know to sacrifice for somebody else's gain. It's really really it's important. Obviously, it's a big part of how this team is able to run the ball so effectively. It's not just that initial line; they block downfield,
1: and it's a standard that's being set for the next wave that's of correct. receivers. That's yeah. the important thing is that you got to build these things so you pass them on. You talked about it earlier with Jermaine Johnson and Keir Thomas. They started some of this conversation, but now it's all, it's all transfers, too. Isn't yeah, it crazy? Yeah, it is crazy. They're the ones that are setting the standard.
0: All those guys, too, continue to emerge and play physical themselves when they get opportunities, when they catch the football. You know, you're seeing that. Obviously, the stiff arms were on display in this game and, and the power. Yeah, that was – that poor kid was de That's a toughie. Emasculated right there. But, you know, that's, again, about leverage and, and want to and all those things. Like, he, he knew I've got an opportunity here.
1: And it's recognition from the quarterback. I mean, that is yep. being alert to the fact that Syracuse gives you immense cushions. Who cares if it's far hash mark? And then also the precision of the play. And I think McClain does a good job catching it with his body coming back towards the line of scrimmage because it's a called run with that as an mm-hmm. option on the outside. Mm-hmm. But it's got to be within a yard of the line of scrimmage. Because you know Flanagan might be overzealous to call an illegal man downfield in that situation, so it's and that crew would be. So that's well done. A lot of little details on that play that make it memorable.
0: When you talk about the details, uh, that's something they've gotten a lot better at all year long. I feel like uh, that the details in the passing game, the details of blocking in the run game, by receivers, all of that has got they're technically sound. That's why we don't get a lot of holds downfield because they're they're technicians. You know, hand placement's huge there. Um,
1: yeah, and it was a questionable call on Johnny on the one drive, too. Right. I, I, you could, but yeah, of course you will. Of course you're going to call that.
0: Well, you know, it's almost like when you see a big receiver like that on a little guy, sometimes they're like, oh, he must be doing something wrong. But I, I, I think, you know... Th- the reputation, in a good way, precedes this group because we don't get a lot of those flags, and I think it's because the officials, the week of, certainly recognize. You know, they they get opportunities to look at what these two teams are trying to accomplish, how they play the game, how they execute. Reputations follow you if you're a if you're a team that commits a ton of penalties, especially a particular type of penalty, then they're going to look for it even more because they know that you've been prone to it. But when you do things technically right, um. That also follows you into games, and 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 they know just because a play is successful or a guy's getting you know brutalized on a run play doesn't mean he's being held. It just means that we take great pride in doing it and executing it the right way.
1: The other thing I'd say though is even though Syracuse got flagged for a lot of holds, if if Flanagan and the crew worked for registers, there would be pity sausage given out on Saturday because they were holding all the game long. They, yeah, they couldn't do anything about it, and the defense deserved two points. He deserved two points in that game. It wasn't just because that's intentional grounding out of the end zone. Correct. Leonard Warner is abused physically because it's going, I mean, Schrader holds onto the ball way too long in his end zone, and it's got to be a hold, and it's right there to be called, and unfortunately for the defense, it should have been three to two, plus whatever we scored on the offensive side, but that's really the only gripe I have with the crew Yeah, actually did a pretty
0: good job. They, they called a lot they, of things they, against the Q's. Well, I it? mean, they got that right, and they also just—you know—I hope we're getting to a place. I—I got to give him a lot of credit. Uh, what's his name? The—the the colored analyst, um, Hasselbeck. Hasselbeck did a very good job of almost like sighing or moaning when the play-by-play announcer tried to—I uh, think he was trying to elicit a helmet-to-helmet uh, on the on the, the Deloach play. Yes, that yeah, was close. Yeah, but it—but but again, we're playing football out here. There was no intent there. Intent should matter. It's got to matter. You can't willy nilly start throwing flags because guys' angles change as they're being tackled. I
1: I agree. I think that could have been flagged for targeting, and I think it maybe should have because of what Deloach does to put his own head in danger. I don't think it's. I agree with you in in most of these cases. I'm just saying the form on that tackle was dangerous to to for himself. Perhaps the, the, the crown goes. I mean, he goes straight down. We it's like, really,
0: man. but he's taking an angle that he thinks is going to be here. And as he comes down, it ends up being head to head. One hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. I just we we need to get to a place away from where we were when they initially initially went after targeting so hardcore, and unless it is readily apparent that somebody is attempting to headhunt like that, the kill shot, as they used to call it, You just we've got to play on. I mean, helmets are going to hit. We've, just got, to, we've got to move on. You see, it, it, the NFL gets it right for the most part. The NFL just pretty much gets it right. They're like, eh, that's why they're wearing helmets. Sometimes they hit. It just happens. And I was saying this the other day when you and I were talking. You know, the SEC seems to understand that. Those officials understand it's a brutal game. When you watch the start of SEC games, Usually the you know the home team because those atmospheres are all really good, (laughs) Georgia, Tennessee, Ole Miss, Alabama, all all those atmospheres are great. They're LSU. It's always really intense, right? And you always get the sense that the home team is trying to establish a physicality early in the game, a violence early in the game. And I, I love that the SEC officials are like, yeah, well, this is part of it. This is a road, you know, a road test. And it's going to be violent, and it's going to be physical, and and unless I catch somebody headhunting, I'm just going to assume that nobody's out here intending to lead with their helmet.
1: Which uh, brings us back to Florida week that lasts over the course of two weeks, that that game is here is huge, and that you put these three results back to back to back. I mean, even if you had beaten Syracuse in ugly fashion 27-17 to or something along those lines, Mm -hmm. doing what we did to Miami two Saturdays ago ensured that people were going to get in the car... Even though it's inconvenient relative mm-hmm. to the holiday, and they're going to make their way over here for a Friday night
0: game. Yeah, reward this bunch without question. Absolutely, got to reward this bunch. They've 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 earned it. It's um, the this is
1: the game. There are a lot of times where I'm okay with being in my studio and in my home, my office, and, and watching these games. Cold weather, Florida night kick. Damn it, I'm I'm jealous of everybody who gets to go to that one. Well,
0: it's going to be great, Tom. I'll be at yeah, that I'm one. Sure, but- you will be. <laughs>
1: You don't want to do the watch-along instead? <laughs> no, no? no I'm, okay.
0: I'm good, man. All right, that's fine. Take it to the roof. Feel the energy rise up. i always love that, too. You feel that uh, in a way that you don't for other games. The only other one is the Miami game, sometimes the Clemson game. Certainly felt that night against Oklahoma all those years ago. Hour number two, forthcoming. Stay with Jeff on at 93.3 Real Talk Radio and War Chant TV.